On some level, we all know that health extends beyond the physical. And to feel well, we need more than pills and a diagnosis. Industrialized medicine is often unable to reach the roots beneath disease and empower us to create our own sense of health and well-being. This is Dr. Domas and the Wounded Healer. My name's Ashley Palmer. And I'm Samuel Simonson. The system is useful for some things, but frankly, it is overrun with bullshit. The intention of this podcast is to explore other ways to approach life, health, and society at a time when change is inevitable and everywhere. We may be dreamers, but the status quo sounds sounds like like a status status no, man. Since we boldly claimed in our intro that everyone knows... Or no, what did On say? some level, we all know. Yeah, that health is more than physical. Yeah. Um, so where did we start to experience this? Well, probably childhood. Yeah, I guess when did we start to remember or like realize it? When was it conscious in, in medicine? Because I mean, when you go in, you're just like learning. Like, I didn't know much about medicine beforehand. I knew nothing. I knew no one in healthcare. Yeah. Like, I knew a few people, but I didn't have a concept for what it was. Me neither. I don't, I don't know if you can. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, you can. I think on some level, if you have family members that are doctors or etc. But still, you don't know what the experience is going to be like for yourself. And that's yeah. the big thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know, is there, I imagine it's more a collection of moments versus one specific one. The most, well, like, and it sounds strange Mm -hmm. because these things are strange, but the first moment that really jumped out to me was an experience where I was around somebody who had just passed away and I was doing CPR on them but I felt like their body I felt like their spirit was like above me Mm -hmm. like flying around the room laughing Mm -hmm. at me doing CPR on them yeah he's like you fool yeah what are you doing yeah and they were just laughing at it and I was just like what is happening like yeah, they're like, I'm, the I'm not, one. I'm not there anymore. Why, what are you doing? Yeah. And, and the, what I'm thinking, I'm like, what is happening? Like, am, is this, yeah. am, am I, am I, what, what, am I making this up? Mm-hmm. Like, but then I've had like experience, like re- recurrent experiences around people dying and, and receiving things around people dying. And then just serendipitously met people in my life who have validated these things, like made, meeting right people at the right times who have validated these things to me and who have like told me about what's going on and what I'm perceiving and yeah so I've had it validated to me and just also just ex- certain experiences have really validated it to me but yeah so that was the first time though I remember doing CPR on somebody who just died and they're like flying around the room laughing mm. and I was like what yeah that's they well, don't tell you like... this in medical school well and then my thing when I'm and... perceiving or if I'm perceiving something like that it's like is everyone perceiving this is it just me you like, can't say anything. Yeah, it's like, a, how do you bring that up? Yes. Yeah, I guess so. Because um, I feel like it's probably more common than they think. Yeah, yeah. And I'd have random conversations with, like, because my residency was in a hospital, so I'd have random conversations with, like, 
care aides and some nurses and whatnot, people who I just, I don't know if we recommend, well, it just got on topic and it's probably because someone died and then mm-hmm. just we'd have conversations about that we perceive stuff's happening. So yeah. I've had random conversations with, with healthcare staff, like, but never any other doctors. Mm-hmm. Well, like, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, like I don't have anything well, coming to mind. I've told people, I've told people in medicine about some of my experiences, but I've never really, like, had, yeah. Yeah, like, uh, had someone else sharing yeah. theirs? Other than you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. Maybe I'm forgetting, though. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, so things all blur together sometimes. Yeah. It's hard to remember all of it. Um. But that's that's a a big experience to have, like being being around death. I guess that much. Was it like the first time you had done CPR on someone? It might have been actually. Mm. It it might have been. I don't remember doing CPR before that. I think it must have been actually. Mm. Oh, you know, I might be forgetting something, but I think it might have been the first time I did CPR on somebody who had, who was not a dummy. Yeah. I mean, like not a mannequin. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> not, not, not a, a dumb fool. person. <laughs> not, I'm not kind of fool, but um, yeah, oh yeah, first time you were on person, I think. Yeah. I wonder, like what it would be like would it be different every time i wonder what do you mean like you know that particular body that particular person that experience you know you sense that i wonder like yeah. each interact like each cpr oh yeah. episode or whatever like it would feel probably quite different each time yeah well other times because this person it seemed like they were flying around the room laughing. They were like, I know that I'm dying. Yeah. I'm, I'm off is kind of like the, what I was perceiving. Um, but then I had been around. That was the first time I experienced it. But then other times it was more like somebody's in a difficult situation. And then, or like, you know, like coding, like, like having CPR, they're kind of back and then they have CPR again and they're kind of back. And then I had an experience like that where I felt like I connected with the person. Uh, telepathically and just kind of like told them what was going on and like your family's on the way and blah 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 and then they kind of stabilized like mm-hmm. after I did that mm-hmm. and then their family was able to get there and like send them off and whatever so they did pass away but that yeah that was a different experience but the, the flying around the room laughing only happened <laughs> once but uh, <laughs> the other, they were all different yeah but it's like so the there's definitely something happening there. oh yeah 100 percent yeah which is just, is really kind of, like, a lot to deal with, like, perceiving this stuff. And, yeah. like, I'm not, like, skilled in what I'm doing, you know? I'm just kind of doing my best, like, is, like, delicate work, like, mm-hmm. to be c- communicating with people around death. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, was doing my best, but mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was doing necessarily, but, you know perceiving that there's a lot of implications to me there's there's just like a lot of implications to that like what what comes to mind well just that as human beings we can help each other like 
with the, with the dying process in a much better way. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And people know how to do, people know how to do this. Like people yeah. know how to support people at the end of life. Like pe- people know, there are people who know how to do this. And I think that like, I'm not one of those people. I just receiving this, but this is a really important thing for humans to learn about and to have more support around the dying process and to be less death avoidant because we're all going to die. There's no way around that. So we should talk about it more and it should be more of our part of our culture. Like that's a big problem in our culture is death avoidance because mm-hmm. then everybody's clinging to everything all the time mm-hmm. and not living their lives. And yeah, it's, it's there's so many problems with it. It's related to greed. Do you, do you think there's, like, I guess, like, there's probably, like, not all cultures would have the same approach to death. Like, this is more like a Western kind of industrial, like, It's a sick, toxic approach that we have. Mm-hmm. And it's avoidant is what it is. It just kind of doesn't look at it. Yeah, it's avoidance, and it tries to put off death. It tries to, well, like make make you know you see somebody just in terrible states, and they're super uncomfortable at the end of like yeah, like it's great to be able to do things, medical things, to make people more comfortable. That's mm-hmm. yeah, that's really important. But there is something happening, something very delicate. Delicate things are happening like around death. And people know this, like, and in healthcare, if you work in healthcare, if you're around people who are dying, you see, like, you, they're phenomena, they're this phenomena, the current phenomena, like, people will see their loved ones who have passed away, like, they'll come and visit them, like, right before they die, and, like, mm-hmm. people, people who have visitors that you don't see, that means they're probably gonna die soon. Mm-hmm. Like, there's things that happen that we know means they're probably gonna die soon. Mm-hmm. So why are these things happening? <sighs> there's obviously, like, reasons. Yeah, so I guess, like, I mean, to me, like, someone being present with that person, like, you know, supporting them, which ideally should be a family member, mm-hmm. probably, um, has got to be, like, you know, one of the most important things we can do. Yeah. Um, but I, I get you're talking more about someone who is communicating with, like, maybe those visitors that are coming for that person or to be what's your question like you're, you're talking about like how it's such a delicate thing or there's like you know pe- things coming in um like to me the most important thing is just that there's someone else present like mm. other humans present with oh, that definitely. person yeah that's like are you talking about you're talking about beyond that though like beyond just having someone present Mm, yeah I guess in my experiences I've just ended up in situations where I felt like I've needed or to be communicating to people that are kind of near death Mm -hmm. that what's going on and I guess that's a delicate process and I hope that I did it correctly like I just I I just I don't you're making me think about what I mean which is good because maybe I wasn't super clear in what I meant because it's also I'm like still like integrating this stuff and like I don't know (laughs) it's just kind of like also a bit of like uh, what just happened yeah 
Yeah, no, that's... <laughs> like, this seems important. <laughs> and, like, that's the biggest, or, like, to me, the most important piece of having these experiences um, is, like, being able to integrate or ground them into, like, life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's... Yeah, I guess that's why I'm asking the question. Mm-hmm. Um, Whatever a death doula is, I think yeah. that this is what I'm getting at. I yeah. know that that's a thing. I don't know much about it. That's definitely a thing. But it's a thing, and I think that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, like kind of, yeah, someone who's very, like, comfortable with that space, mm-hmm. that liminal space, kind of whatever that space is. Yeah. Um, and helping people pass through that with, with, like let go through it, I guess. Yeah. Because um, whatever comes up could be confronting, or it could be um, scary. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it's someone who who can really like hold that space mm-hmm. and be very present. Um, I guess yeah, to help someone let go through that process. Yeah. It must be about letting go. I, I imagine. <laughs> that it just, can't be about holding on. <laughs> no, I mean, that's just prolonging, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, letting go through, the, like, I guess that, like, is this for, like, a life review or things like that? Probably. It could come in. I've talked to some people, like, some patients have shared near-death experience stories with me, which seem to include a, a life review mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of the nature <laughs> of when you've left your body for a bit whether it's midpoint through life or like when you're actually dying mm-hmm. um there seems to be some element of seeing the life you lived in in more detail or clarity mm-hmm. which like obviously that's the case but it's just it's interesting mm-hmm. um yeah. Having more death doulas, or, you know. And yeah, and just I, like, remember, tell yourself every day that you're going to die. Like, remind yourself, like, I've done this and it's very important. Like, it, it helps. Like, it just helps ground everything in your life when you remind yourself that things are not permanent. It's just the reality. Like, if you don't, if you're not living in reality, then that it's going to have problems. Mm-hmm. This experience isn't meant to go on forever. Like this one human life isn't meant to go on forever. Mm-hmm. And everything is cyclical. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of comfort in that. So what would you say with like people who look at any <clears throat> type of spiritual um like approach or whatever as, as like a way to avoid oh are you talking about spiritual bypassing probably well it can be you can you can definitely like just make i guess just pay attention to how your body's feeling because like life's still hard <laughs> yeah and thing like losing things is still hard losing people is horrible like mm-hmm. life is painful mm-hmm. um so you know it's not just like oh 
nothing really matters or everything's fine. So I don't, I shouldn't feel pain or feel hurt. Like that doesn't make any sense. Am I making sense? Yeah, I think so. I don't know if that question made sense. Um, well, you're asking about spiritual bypassing, I think. Like I, I'm like, there's, there's people out there that would look at like, any any like past life talk or like talk of an afterlife or heaven or things like this you don't have to, like reality is as reality is whether you believe it or not like like <laughs> that 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 in itself is avoiding death oh well that's not true <laughs> like i that's what? It's, like, are you talking about nihilists? Maybe. I don't know. Some people just want to hate on everything. Like, I don't know. <laughs> not sure what I'm talking about. It's just what I felt like saying. Yeah, fair enough. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's not for everybody. Like, not everybody... Or not maybe sometimes... Like, I before would not have been entertaining the ideas that I'm entertaining now because it wasn't the time of my life for me to entertain those ideas mm -hmm. or perceptions more. Yeah, I guess not you had ideas. Not ideas. Yeah, perceptions, eh? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, I mean, you hadn't had enough information mm. like at that point in life where your perception needed to shift. Yeah, and I was just not, I was not, it was not the place. It was not the time. Mm -hmm. I wasn't ready. Yeah. I don't know. Things happen when they're supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Things happen, you know, when, when you need them to happen, almost. Mm -hmm. Like, when, it, when it's going to help you transform or evolve or go through something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, things started changing when, because I had a counselor in Regina named Karen, who was fantastic. I remember Karen. I yeah. saw her too. Yeah, she's awesome. And she told me, Ashley, one day you will be sick and tired of being sick and tired. And she was completely right. And then one day I was like, literally, I just got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I was like, I want to be better. And the, literally the next day I came across an uh, energy worker, healer, who just completely changed my life. Like, it was, like, the day, the day after, the day after I was convicted, I had conviction that I wanted to get better, I came across, like, the person that I needed that, yeah. to help me. Well, like, because that's the, that's powerful. Yeah. Like, that happened, like, it's like you felt that first in you. Yeah. It wasn't that you were just out there, um, you know, no idea what to do, like, sure, you were vulnerable or lost or the whatever yeah. words people want to use yeah. <laughs> um but it wasn't like that energy person or whoever you saw like just kind of came upon that it was like you yeah made that choice hey like okay. i i'm sick of this mm -hmm. I, I life needs to change for me mm -hmm. and like you felt that through you it wasn't just like a fleeting like oh this sucks yeah you know kind of thing but it was like a full body conviction mm -hmm. and then that's when things started changing yeah immediately 
And so it shows, or like that process of change, like that process of things transforming, like that starts inside. Yeah. With yourself. Which seems like a pretty base concept. Yeah, but it's, I don't know, basics are the most important, or the simplest things usually the most profound, important. Yeah, I mean, I guess they're so important like you're their practice like you have to keep coming back to these things again and again mm-hmm. um for it to to carry weight or have momentum in your life it's simple everything's just overcomplicated. yeah and on in some aspects like well, things no, are difficult been, things are simple but things are difficult it's not simple doesn't mean easy well i've been thinking about that like a lot lately how like there's just so much information out there like just so much information and and so it can make the most like profound or powerful or like life affirming messages just lost in with the noise yeah there's a lot of noise and it it's like the challenge of our time it seems to be like it's so um there's just so much and it's so easy to access anything yeah like you know there's so much spiritual help or self-help or this guy like you just you can find it in any bookstore there's so many different perspectives on it mm-hmm. um we that, all have our own yeah yeah it, but it, it like almost dulls that message is what i'm yeah. getting at like it, it takes um some of the potency out of it i guess yeah when it when it's just like everywhere it's so abundant yeah, it can be hard to know where to look. But all you have to do is look where you want to look. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, like, look look in the body. Like, yeah. You know, your body will tell you what's yeah. for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's, yeah, whatever that most, in, or that thing that's going to line up for you is. And that's what you've experienced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about you? Do you remember? when mm. I don't know things changed I it's like it's murky um there was definitely like a, a long period I think of waking up to different senses um or perceptions like I remember noticing it in myself first like it was like um I guess seeing auras like around myself like I remember spending like a lot of time like looking at my hands and like feeling the energy move through them and like seeing like a blue light like a blue aura or whatever around it and then and that was just like surprising to me I guess I didn't know how to it was confusing like I didn't know how to integrate that information and then I started noticing it around people um this probably was like second year of medicine or third. No, it would have been after we've seen patients, third year. Um, and then I think I like I feel like I was a very resistant, resistant to realizing or like waking up to what was going on, because it just didn't seem true. Like it, it didn't seem to <laughs> integrate into my my worldview I had then. Yeah. Um, so. Like, I needed to shift perspectives to be able to see um, more 
I guess, and I wasn't, it, it took me a long time to start doing that, because um, I would go through periods where I really wanted to and would be, and then I would get off again. Mm-hmm. It was like there was a lot of up and down energy um, around around that whole idea, or like being able to perceive um, health as, or not the health, but perceive that there's more going on than the body yeah than the body and then that whatever's going on is is interacting with the body and is like an important um piece of information yeah did you have any context for what was happening like had you ever heard of auras or anything before not that i remember like maybe but like i don't remember ever thinking about things like that because then it became almost like triggering like because I knew I was having this experience and then if I heard people talking about auras or talking about things like this it would like um irritate me like because it was like something I wasn't looking at in my experience that was happening and I was kind of denying that it existed Mm. so then to hear people talk about that kind of thing was triggering for a long time it would be like like it would just like I'd feel the charge like in my body it was uh, triggering yeah (laughs) it it set me off um because it just to me didn't make sense but then at times would make so much sense um so there's just yeah a lot of like up and down movement or confusion I guess around that yeah that's a confronting thing to start seeing auras in medical school I because I, so I have this actually. memory of working with a psychiatrist, and like, um, she's telling me about this patient she has who she just couldn't like really pin down what was going on with them, and she's like, I think they're like schizotypal or like there's something going yeah. on here, whatever. You know, they they see auras, <laughs> <laughs> just talking nonsense often, but they really seem to believe it. And I was just like, remember sitting there, just being like, but. Like I see your aura right now. Like I'm. It's like you can't I'm say so, that. Yeah, like the dissonance of that situation is so strange. Yeah. Uh, Life is funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, because that was before we had started like really getting into the practical, like seeing people, you know, or working, I guess part Mm -hmm. of it it was like you know in those little like clinical experiences you'd have yeah like second year thing or something yeah yeah you'd like go work with someone for an afternoon or whatever yeah um and i just yeah i remember being like we see things differently yeah me and the the psychiatrist yeah (laughs) and i don't feel comfortable saying how i see things yeah in this space it would not have been accepted no well yeah no it would have been diagnosed yeah yeah which I don't think would have been helpful. No, probably not. Sometimes it's better to just keep your mouth shut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, I mean, over time, the experiences make more sense. Yeah. Like, time is a really important factor. Yeah. Like, probably one of the most important. Did this start after DMT? It must have. Um, unless it was before, I'm not sure. The timeline doesn't, I, I haven't like gone back and been like, okay, let's, let's construct a timeline. 
Well, we moved from the first house to the second house because we were roommates in medical school. Oh, yeah. And we did yeah. DMT in the first house. And I remember you telling me about seeing auras After. in the second house. Yeah, so it was definitely in the second house. Yeah. yeah. So DMT was uh DMT was, was before. First. Yeah. Preceded auras. <laughs> <laughs> so i guess yeah so tracing back tracing back okay dmt yeah. um that definitely shifted my foundation <laughs> yeah in a big way um it, yeah that that experience was um i guess ego death you people talk about that um because it felt like after that there was a lot of it felt like I'd been like shown a truth I hadn't seen before or, or shown a, a perspective on it. And then afterwards it was like, a, um, trying to come back into whatever identities I thought was going on. Like I remember sitting on the steps of that house being like, okay, I'm a medical student. I'm a human. <laughs> Things I know about myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I I am like a creative person. I don't know. Like I was just like looking for so many things to try to hold on to, to try to say what I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I noticed I was doing that a lot more after doing DMT. So that's that's something. Do you think? Because like was be was it because it was ungrounding or expanding or both? Um, expanding, yeah. So, well, I mean, what is expanding is like when you've been constricted your whole life, you're not in your body. Like you're not even necessarily aware of of having an experience with your body. Like it's not you're not feeling sensations in it. You're not yeah. connected to it. And then all of a sudden to have that like totally opened. Um, is a very dysregulating thing to experience so yes that's it there there is ungrounding aspects to that but it's like an expansion like it's definitely expanding my my perspectives became more um open um like i started writing poems after dmt i mean i started painting after dmt i started writing after dmt i did more yoga after dmt like there was so many good changes yeah there's also the dysregulating like whoa like life isn't what i thought it was yeah change that comes from that yeah do you think the dysregulation is necessary Mm, that's an interesting question um like, yes and no. No, probably not. Like, I don't think... Like, obviously... Okay, so to, like, get through that, like, to learn, I would have had to be triggered, which means being dysregulated and, like, feeling all of the sensations of, of whatever traumas or whatever caused me to be dysregulated and out of my body in the first place. Um... But I don't think it needed to be like that. Like, I don't, I wouldn't recommend people jump to, like, the most expansive um, modality. Yeah. First. Sam jumps off a bridge. Don't, don't cross the bridge. It's, the, 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 that, but 
at the same time that was my style like that was my like that's what I would have done like I yeah. wanted to do that yeah I just wouldn't say it's necessarily the most helpful way to get there like I think yeah slow slowing things down yeah <laughs> I think is really some, important yeah uh, ego death DMT dose for a psychedelic experience yeah like it, it's it, going off the deep end yeah um but I think it was what was meant to happen at that time like mm-hmm. it was what I wanted to do what I was interested in doing um because I do remember like reading about DMT previously like just discovering what it was I guess you know having heard about it for the first time um and just being like you know having that like I want to do that like I know I want to do that Mm -hmm. um kind of sense about it um so that's why I think it was the right thing for me to go through. And I think that dysregulation was the right thing. Um, but it's not what I'd recommend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. That makes sense. Yeah. I also just knew that I wanted to do DMT mm-hmm. when I heard about it and learned about it. It was definitely yeah, an innate knowing. Yeah, because had we talked about doing it much before we did it? Like, how did it show up in our life? I acquired it somehow, and <laughs> I was like, do you want to try this? Uh, Probably. Yeah. Well, that is what happened. That is what happened. There isn't much more to it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I mean, like, had we talked about it beforehand? Like, we You probably must asked have. me some questions, and I, I don't know. I'd never done it, though. No, yes, I had. That's not true. I had done it before. So, I mean, I probably told you about my experiences. Yeah, but I think even before I had met you, I was, like, reading about DMT. And then I think we probably talked about that oh, in probably. one of our, like, first conversations. Like, probably. Well, we were living that. together when this happened. Yeah, so but we even knew before each other. that. Because we knew each other before that. Yeah. I wonder if we had talked about it then. Probably. Like, that's why I'm thinking, because, like, I remember, like, looking it up first in undergrad, like, and thinking it would be helpful. Yeah, I wanted to try psychedelics for, like, four years, three or four years before I found any. Mm-hmm. I, wanted to, I wanted to do it for a, a, a while before I, I, it crossed my path. Yeah, I guess everything has its time. Yeah. Yeah, so there was the DMT, there was the auras, there was... There were big... There was various, like, energy workers or or healers along the way. There was a traditional, like, indigenous healer I saw. I would have been, like, third year of med med school. And that, that really, that shifted a lot for me. Um... So it was like all like these various experiences mm-hmm. at different points that all like they they all shifted a lot in really intense ways. There was a few sweat lodges in there. Mm-hmm. There was there was lots of different things. Yeah. So I guess like I was open to all of that beforehand. 
um, or could sense that like I wanted to have these kinds of experiences um, and then <clears throat> having them brought up a bunch of stuff mm -hmm. that I wasn't fully ready to see or look at. Mm -hmm. The MDMA, that's when it's, I started getting better. That was before, that was, that was before I had the realization that I wanted to get better. It was, because we did, at the start of medical school, us and another friend took MDMA together, like, three different times, mm. and we just talked. Yeah. And, like, oh, that, that changed was... my life. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I was like, this seems like it could really help people. And then mm. I looked at, because this was 2017, and that was also the year that the FDA said that MDMA-assisted therapy for PTSD is a breakthrough therapy in the mm -hmm. same year. Wow, yeah, no, because I remember that. We would spend, we had, like, our M nights that were, yeah. like, very therapeutic. It, it changed my life. It changed <laughs> like, my life. very therapeutic. Yeah, I never saw myself from outside of myself before that, like, ever. It, mm. it just completely changed my life. That's where it started. Yeah, MDMA is, is a very powerful medicine. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the, that's been recognized for a long time in a lot of circles. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's finally breaking into the conventional medical circles, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I think they are estimating August, 2024 is when the FDA will approve mm. MDMA assisted therapy for PTSD. It's coming up. Yeah. It's exciting. It's very exciting. It's, yeah, that's a transformative therapy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I'm trying to remember back to those, like, what kind of breakthroughs I had. I think for me, it was just being able to, to share so much in, like, a safe container. And, like, I guess, yeah, feel like I was re reimagining my history or or feeling it differently mm -hmm. um yeah i think that was what was going on in those i don't remember like details about it but mm -hmm. i yeah remember just realizing that everybody's just doing their best and that includes me <laughs> mm -hmm. and i yeah just saw myself with compassion and love for the first time in my life and that is like profound mm -hmm. <laughs> it was right at the start of medical school and then we would go on like because we had we did mdma together a few times and then we'd go to like the dog park and do like dog park walks mm -hmm. in between and like discuss kind of what we we're talking about mm -hmm. and like the realizations that we had and whatnot and it was it was like really like lined up with like what the how the MDMA trials were done in terms of like well like not completely obviously mm -hmm. but like in terms of there being integration similar, yeah, yeah there like we took it like three times yeah and then had integration periods yeah yeah and it was like it worked <laughs> yeah <laughs> no for sure because it was like we would plan like nights when we knew our like we weren't too overworked or there wasn't too much going on mm -hmm. and then we would have our like our sessions with the medicine i guess <laughs> yeah. and then we would the next it was always a weekend it would be like a friday yeah. night and then we would go like walk yeah saturday 
Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Wow. That was right at the very beginning. Yeah, so like six years ago? Seven, six years ago? Yeah. And ev every year has been better since, since that. For me. Every, mm -hmm. every year has been better. Yeah. Every year I felt more like myself. Because what these things do is they're paradigm shifts. Mm -hmm. So it's like you're ch you're just you're changing the frequency, you're changing the dial, you're putting things down, and you don't have to pick them back up. And like life still happens. Mm -hmm. I've had it like hard stuff happen. Yeah, I've had I've had hard stuff happen since then. But even the way that I'm able to like move through it is different. Like things that would have knocked me down before it won't now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like your window of tolerance is a lot wider. Complete, yeah, it's completely different. Yeah. And yeah, it just this just gets better as time goes on. Mm -hmm. Like what kind of like yeah, there's so many things. There's so many things that we do have mm -hmm. that are very powerful. Like humans, and the main thing is humans can heal each other because this even like in the trials like the amount of people that like i can't remember the exact statistics but i think it was in the 30 percent of people like lost their ptsd diagnosis that were in the placebo group like mm. it's like, so like a, a you know i don't know if it was like exactly a third but like it was around a third of people would lose their ptsd diagnosis thinking that they got mdma and just being supported by other human beings like that's that is profound in itself like that has huge implications to me yeah yeah so it's not a big placebo part of effect it, and, and human connection. Yeah, like a huge part of it is human connection. This is MAPS, like Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic Studies. This is because they have like there's seven, I think it's like seven core values or something like that. And one of them is on one of it, one of them is to, I don't know how they word it exactly, but essentially have consciousness not be. Like prohibited or like in i, I kind of want to look it up i want to yeah. read what it is because it to me is just really maps not maps.com maps.org well, yeah because it's it's prohibiting people's like it's prohibiting tools um that expand people's consciousness and their ability to interact with their life like yeah. that's strange that that's even it even prohibited in the first place yeah okay i will read i like i the, the seven principles of maps like i, I just love it like this, these are just great and this I don't think is I've ever heard and these. it's just like i'm just on maps.org it's it's just like this is how research should be done like these are these intentions are right healing for all prioritize public benefit open science open books set the setting consciousness without criminalization that's the one mm. be the bridge see past the paradox mm. like it's brilliant it's brilliant mm -hmm. like that if humanity lived by those values like it would be fantastic well yeah and i mean if medicine lived yeah. by those values i mean because we're same thing yeah it's the same thing um but it would be a good place to start mm-hmm yeah, don't criminalize consciousness. No, no, that would be uh, foolish. I mean, that's it what's is been foolish. Happening. It's going on, yeah. 
Like, obviously, people can hurt themselves with things, but people can hurt themselves with alcohol and cars and, like, like separately, like, together, yes. But, like, eat separately, I meant I wasn't talking about drinking and driving. But people can hurt themselves with a lot of things. Cigarettes, hammers, yeah. like, tons of things that we have, you know? Yeah, it's, like, responsible use, I guess. Yeah. Like having things, oh, it just—it doesn't make sense. The, no, it's—it's it's, it's garbage. Yeah. Through and through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. What did you learn in medicine? What did I learn in medicine? My God. Um. Such a big question. Um, I learned how to ignore myself. Um, I learned how to put other people's needs before mine. Um, I felt a lot of guilt, I guess, when I would put my needs first. Like, even to just not, not be reading or, like, you know, trying to learn the medicine, um, like it was hard to put that down for a bit yeah and then because i wouldn't put it down everything else in my life suffered like everything and if i had just put it down for a while mm -hmm. and like taken time to integrate some of the experiences i was having um i think i could have probably flowed through it better or been more present i guess for it but the experience itself is traumatizing. Mm -hmm. Like, so, and what I mean by that is, like, for me, it numbed me out. Um, it put me into, like, a pretty constant freeze response in my body. And so it's like I would just be frozen all the time, it felt like. And then when I had to interact, it was, like, forcing interaction often. Or fawning, I guess, is what we would call it. So it taught me a lot about trauma responses and then I guess various ways to come, come out of them, which medicine didn't teach me the ways to come no, out of them. That was life. Let's be clear. Yeah. That was life. <laughs> that was, that was like DMT and that was, uh, you know, using these different tools and relationships and people and stuff that helped me mm. with the freeze response. Um, but medicine itself yeah that's what it that was one of the biggest takeaways like i learned a lot in theory about how the body works or like you know there's a lot of missing gaps yeah in western medicine yeah there was just it was i guess like what my body learned though was trauma mm -hmm. my mind got cluttered yeah um there's not that there, there's lots of useful knowledge and learning and everything that happened um but it does feel like there's aspects of it that really do need to be unlearned or yes. deconditioned afterwards yeah i feel that i don't think anybody would say becoming a doctor is easy no. And people don't understand why it's hard or what, like, 
you, you don't understand without going through it, I guess. But it's just not what you think. Well, I don't know. We kind of talked about this at the start, I think. Yeah, I got really disillusioned. Yeah, I got disillusioned. And I guess that contributes to, like, burnout. Yeah. Like, that's a big part of it. Um, it's just, you know, because at the beginning, I had all the time, or, like, all of the... All of the, like, the willingness to, like, take on people's problems or feel their experiences or just, mm-hmm. you know, be with them. Um, yeah, like, I just, I wanted to do that. That just made sense to me. Being green. Yeah. Yeah. Being very green. Um, and then over time, it just felt like just closing more and more of myself. You need to protect yourself. You get worn down and you just need to protect yourself and you don't have anything left to give to people yeah because like the experience of it often for me was a contraction in my body like a bracing against what's to come like even just saying the word like i have to work or like have to go to the clinic or i have to be in emerge it was just like i my whole body would just be bracing yeah yeah. And it's like hard to catch your breath sometimes. Like you can you can ride that like for a long time and you can like develop practices and ways to cope. Mhm. Um but at its core it felt like like just a big like contraction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it, you know what a constriction maybe that's the better <laughs> way contraction I had a big baby <laughs> just one big contraction constricting yeah. force there, that's it uh. yeah oh yeah work is scary yeah, it, it definitely can be. Yeah. <laughs> well, because we were talking about this earlier. Like, what does vulnerable mean? Like, earlier today, not not here. Yeah, yeah, not in this. <laughs> um, before we started recording. Um, it's just, like, meaning you're, a, you're... That everyone is innately vulnerable. Like, everyone is able to be wounded. Yep. And... It felt like medicine was, like, um, stepping further and further away from that truth. Yeah. And trying to put up all of these guards between myself and my wounding. Mm-hmm. Um, and just my ability to be hurt, like, for things to happen. Like, that's that's just human existence. Like, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, like, to do medicine, it feels like dressing. It, in a lot of ways, it was, like, dressing up that vulnerability in in various masks to to do a role yeah which doesn't feel pleasant in the body like when you're really attuned to that experience yeah this is very uncomfortable medical training was very uncomfortable Mm -hmm. i thought it would be fun I don't know. Yeah, oh, I just remember being so excited. Yeah, I was yeah. excited, and it sucked. And there were aspects of it that were good. Yeah, yeah, as as is life, that's everything. Yeah, and there's, like, really interesting moments and, like, you know, moments of expansion and 
you know, experiencing new and different things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there's definitely really profound moments connecting with people and mm -hmm. connecting with other people that you work with or, or patients, whatever, mm -hmm. like, you know, there's always great human interaction wherever you go somewhere. Yeah. Like just, just filtering through all of those experiences mm -hmm. like that it is a really interesting process yeah um and a meaningful one without a doubt um but it, things can be many things at once yeah um and it was mainly uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was a lot of uncomfort <laughs> yeah oh jeez. yeah Yeah, so then it, afterwards, it's like, wow, what do you do with all that? Yeah. How do you integrate it? Comedy. Yeah, I think there's lots of different ways. Yeah, there's a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. I guess just coming back to ways to find enjoyment and peace and purpose in your own life, obviously. But. Yeah. I love, uh, Sagru said people, he's, what did he say exactly, like, something about, I don't understand all this work-life balance mumbo-jumbo in the West. All there is is life. Yeah, I, I like love that. that. Like, it makes, it makes so much sense to me. Well, when you, like, really are in the body, that's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah. Because it's like, everything's just an experience that the body's having. Mm. And it's like yeah it's just incredibly dysregulating it doesn't matter if you like package it up as work and like you know take your breaks and get your time off and all these kinds of things it's like a dysregulating experience for the body that then needs time mm -hmm. to like unfurl like yeah calibrate yeah calibrate there's lots of lots of words yeah rest Rest seems like a good word, but re but rest is what allows that pr that calibration process yeah. to happen. Yeah, that's like, true. Rest is the portal. The portal to calibration. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the portal to unfurling yeah. dark experiences. Yeah, and also exercise. Yeah, exercise is both. Yeah. And good food and sleep, and vitamin D. Yeah, that'll ground you. Mm-hmm. Nature. You need nature. Oh yeah. You need you need nature. That's like, that's the most important one. Yeah. And water. I think. I mean water's Community. nature, hey. Community's nature. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Medical training. Something there's something about oh yeah, I guess a lot of it for me, comes down to to practice Western medicine. I had to disconnect myself from my body, and I just didn't. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah, like to honor your body. Yeah, that's that's the main thing. Like I just, it's physically like I I don't I just don't want to do that anymore. Oh yeah, where did we start this? Did, what made us realize? So I guess doing medicine made us realize that health is more. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's where we <laughs> what started. A simple, yeah, <laughs> place to end up, but that's like, I mean, because it makes you realize you want to honor your own body. Yeah, that's 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 the thing, and because that's the thing in our culture, in in like 
Western culture. Like, yeah, colonial culture. Yeah, colonial, yeah. It's, like, sacrifice your body for what? Yeah. Like, just anything. Like, just to make money for somebody else. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, that's what it is. Like, that's kind of at some on some level what it all is. When you're mm-hmm. sacrificing your own body, like, something is out of alignment. Something is distorted. Mm-hmm. It's not, quote-unquote, good. No. But people feel like they have to. And it, it's yeah, hard. because it's, it's hard. like there's been this conditioning that you need to fit a certain role. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting when you look, like, um, I've been reading The Myth of Normal, um, Gabor Mate's book. And, like, he talks about, like, people, like, feeling like they need to really fit a role in society and, like, repress themselves um, or be inauthentic, I guess. Like, just not, like, like medicine, the way we were taught to do it, feels like it causes disease. Yeah. 100%. Mm 100%. My lymph nodes were swollen all of residency. For two years. I knew it would go down when I finished. And it did. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of things improved after residency. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that being told to me. Like, life gets better after residency. I didn't didn't believe them. Being, I remember there was one doctor telling me, like, being, um, she was like, being a resident is so much different than being an actual doctor. Guess I'll never know. But just meaning that, probably, like, you actually have choice. Yeah. And it feels better to exist when you don't have to work all the time. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so much better. Having no choice. Like, that's... that's Horrible. Yeah. (laughs) It's horrible. Fuck. I mean, it's it's a terrible thing to do to a human. And sleep deprivation. Horrible. Mm -hmm. No choice. Sleep deprivation. Terrible combination. Yeah, yeah. Unsafe. Unsafe combination. For everybody. But the system is, the the medical system is kind of set up on residence in mm-hmm. a lot of places. Yeah. And so it's like yeah. Yeah. ingrained. Yeah, service-based residencies. You know, where you learn through volume. Yeah. That's... I I learned in a different model. This, like... This place will function... learning-based? I don't know what they call it. I think it. it's called learning-based or service-based. I think... Okay. Oh, really? That's I insane. think those are the names. Um, Where it was like, this place will function with or without you. Yeah. Like... That's not where I work. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's not helpful to to actual learning. It's horrible. Don't get hospitalized in July. That's true. <laughs> People know that. That's that's like a yeah a thing. Yeah, there's a thing. I felt so guilty. Like I felt so guilty my first July working because I was like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm new. <laughs> Well, there's those, like, hard cases that then happen because you're new. And then those are some of the hardest learning. It was all so hard. Yeah. Yeah. 
but like we did have like the people i'm not like all good just really good helpful people that i worked with also but that there was really great people where i worked it's just the, the sleep deprivation well it's, it's not set up for like learning or your body no at all yeah. like that that at it's it's just not mm-hmm. um and you can you know try to toughen up to some degree or like et cetera, et cetera, to whatever story needs to be told to overcome the the challenge mm-hmm. but i don't think that's necessarily that helpful of an experience for someone to go through no like i'm happy that i went through it now mm-hmm. because i learned a lot and it rerouted my me and my life mm-hmm. because it brought me to my senses and that i it was just so uncomfortable that I went, I want my life to be different. Mm-hmm. And so I want to listen to myself and to my body and to trust myself and to follow my intuition because that's like got to be better. That's got to be a better life. And so far, way better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Way better. <laughs> I would recommend it. <laughs> Following your intuition and trusting yourself and listening to your body. <laughs> it's it's a can be a ch- really challenging thing to tap into. It's beyond. It's yeah. It's difficult, and the part of it is also like it's simple. It's just hard. Yeah. Or it's maybe maybe hard is the wrong word. It's simple, but it's not easy. Because sometimes you know, a lot of the times people, and this is like myself too, like. You know things. I hit the my thing. Um, you know things, but then you have to embody that or like be honest with yourself. Yeah. So the process of knowing something and embodying something are so different. Yeah. Like you know, it can be so simple. You can know things in your mind. You can go through your life just knowing that, but to actually bring it into yourself and practice that, you have to be okay with looking foolish. Yeah. That's it. Um, well, like on some, like maybe, you know, you think of something else, but, you know, that's a big part of it is being okay with looking foolish. So who cares? Well, like, what do you mean by that? Making mistakes or saying something and other people not getting it or I don't know, like. Like, because just... what I'm talking about is like actually embodying your sense so say if yeah. like you're feeling angry or oh. feeling um whatever it is like actually knowing that experience in yeah. your body like feeling it fully mm-hmm. i guess maybe i was just so cut off for so long that on like my emotional yeah understanding has been limited until yeah. this point in my life and if that's part of it like what whatever that's a bit, also a big thing like um guys don't cry or or like or shouldn't cry or stuff like this well, whatever. Be like, maybe be okay with looking foolish. Maybe that would help. If you're like, I'm crying <laughs> and I feel foolish. Whatever. Uh, Who cares? Yeah, sure. I, I don't need to press this point. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think we're talking around the same sides of the yeah of the coin. Um, because I don't have a problem with crying. I, yeah. I, I have, but some people do. Really. Yeah, some people do definitely. Mm-hmm. Um. But it was like, oh, how do I say? Moving the charge inside your body. Maybe that's what I mean. 
by embodying like okay so say you're feeling a certain way and it's like oh it's all here it's like i can feel this clenching or this Mm. tightness or this thing um and then actually tapping into that and not just like reacting to it but like embodying it like moving it through your body Mm. i don't do that that much I guess I'm just new to this. I, I or people people approach life in different ways. Well, it's like I think it's somatics is what yeah. it is. Yeah. It's like using your body as your guide. Yeah. I guess I notice things, but I don't. I don't know if I change things mm. much. I don't know. It's just I guess it's like this thing I've started to notice where it's like. Okay, so I can be aware of that sensation or that the way that experience or that thing in my external world feels inside Mm. and then sitting with it and like whether it's like breathing or yoga postures or just moving the way the body wants to move. It's like then that charge dissipates. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm making a really like just a basic thing people do often. Um. I think With a lot of people of don't. Words. Lots of words is probably what I'm doing. Moving around, moving, moving out the energy. Yeah, I guess yeah. is like and and uncovering that like so. Yeah. Instead of just like blocking it or like suppressing it or repressing it, like where mm-hmm. you're not even aware that it's there, that's like the most surprising stuff. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. like comes up and it's like whoa, like th- there needs to be practices or ways to expand because those what comes up can like just make you like constrict so deeply and i guess so much of medicine like you're not able to process what's happening so it just stores yeah and then afterwards it's like you need enough time and then that stuff starts surfacing yeah or this is what I've been going through over the last few months. It's just like really feeling that, and it's yeah, it's painful sometimes. Yeah, I have flashes of of like just scenes of things that are horrible, and I just see them, and I'm like, that sucked, mm-hmm. and then it kind of goes away. That's what happens to me more. But and I think I'm glad that I did the MDMA however many years ago because i'm not like these horrible things come up i'm not like avoiding them like i'm not i'm not scared of having a terrible image come to my Mm. mind i'm not scared of it yeah i know that it's not now yeah so but and i also know that it seems like some stuff's still filtering out like yeah okay yeah yeah because like sometimes i'll get like like, see, if I notice a constriction somewhere in me and then um, and then the scene or, like, the images come up with it, yeah, it's, like, letting go of that thing, like, mm-hmm. creating space. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, space inside the body to, like, feel expansive. Mm-hmm. And just let go of that whole thing. Oh, yeah, allow yeah. it. <laughs> just allow it to flow out. Mm. it's an important practice yeah one that isn't taught no it might yeah no it's not 
that we talk. There's a, like a bit of wellness stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. We had to do like a wellness diary or something, like show we were being well. We got an assignment. Which is great. A wellness assignment. <laughs> just adds to your already like just completely destroyed nervous system. Yeah. It's well, like obviously not completely destroyed. That sounds insane. Um, it felt like that at certain points. Yeah, I mean, like obviously your nervous system is able to continue doing the work you need to do. Like it's not yeah. destroyed. It's, I was it's walking, able talking. to do whatever it needs to do. Yeah. Um, just meaning like not being in a, a trauma response, yeah. like a, a fight or a freeze or a, a something. It was, yeah. Residency was so crazy and just like isolating. It's so isolating. Mm. You're so busy and like alone. This is like you. You don't a lot of the time. Yeah, with just an insane amount of responsibility for things and figuring out how to like what that means for the first times. Yeah. Yeah. And like you have support, you have you have support. I'm not saying that you're left without support or somebody to call or whatever. But I mean, like you have to do it to some. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's really hard. There's it's no really hard. Yeah. No yeah. <laughs> just complaining. This is what this is about. Yeah. Us complaining yeah. about residency. Yeah. <laughs> that we did, we're, we're done with now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no. <sighs> but even that, like, that's such a a shitty view, like. That someone expressing the way they feel about something is complaining. Yeah. Like, it's like, shouldn't... Venting and complaining are different. Yeah, they are different. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's very possible to just then get stuck in those loops of constantly looking at the bad. Mm, yeah, yeah. And I guess maybe that's the difference between venting and complaining. Because mm-hmm. venting is like, you you have... What, what does Gabor Mate call it? Uh, like something about he mentioned this in that list that you were talking about before mm. um it's something about keep talking anger that's valid it's not what he oh, calls yeah. it that's like not what healthy, he calls it self-protective anger anger yeah well i'm like, saying that, yeah it, valid anger that doesn't make sense but like um oh, yeah healthy anger that's what that's a word that i was looking for yeah because like when we're talking about anger we're talking about protecting yourself yeah because like is it's infuriating to have all of your basic needs just completely disrespected and yeah like that's a major breach of your boundaries like yeah. your, your body's boundaries yeah you have to stay like, up for over 24 hours to work mm-hmm. to do all this crazy stuff mm-hmm. horrible <laughs> it's so horrible Are you over it yet? Um, yeah, because every day that I haven't had to do that, I'm just like, this is a good day. Kind of, no matter what happens, like I'm like, this is great. So I'm actually kind of grateful for the the contrast uh, because I'm over because it's done now. Yeah, it's done. Mm-hmm. Oh jeez, it's like the time the the and and pushing that anger down. Like, and just being like, this is what I have to do. This is the right thing to do. Like, the right thing to do is to to negate your body and push your anger down. And 
Oh, I got mad. I, well, like, I, I threw my phone at the wall. I had a room by myself. There was no one there. Okay. But there was no one there. But I got a page, and I was just, like, so mad. I threw my phone at the wall. And I cracked my camera. And then I had a cracked camera for a year and a half. And I just left it because I was uh, like, this is the vibe of this part of my life. Every picture is cracked. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, anger is important yeah oh it's essential this was the thing i used to never feel anger until i saw that first energy healer who i saw and um after that after i saw her for the first time i just started randomly getting anger like just i'd just be doing something and i didn't get triggered at all like nothing absolutely nothing happened and i just was like get like welled up with like anger like so much anger at like nothing and nobody but just mm -hmm. the physical sensation of anger and i was yeah. like i'm so angry why is this happening mm -hmm. and so i talked to this uh the healer that i saw and she said oh this is great this is great this means that your body feels safe where it's at so it's processing these emotions that you mm -hmm. push down it's just like coming out because your body is feeling safe enough for this to happen mm -hmm. but it's so interesting like i didn't expect that to happen mm -hmm. just to randomly have it was it was it, it was kind of it was optimal way that that could have happened really yeah that just came out you know you you have to yeah like there the was no story time. attached there to was absolutely no story it was just visceral anger yeah and, and then that only happened like two or three times well and it's like i mean anger gets a bad rap yeah like it's 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 valid but it, it like it's propelling yeah like it moves things yeah it's good and it's healthy it protects it protects you yeah like when when you're feeling anger there's a reason like you're protecting a vulnerable part of yourself mm -hmm. and if you're repressing things then it gets distorted because like obviously like there's distorted anger mm -hmm. and i think that's a contributing factor to disease that is often overlooked like you, we yeah. talk about it we're starting to more mm -hmm. but like it was like you know it's not often listed in like the contributing factors to certain disease states yeah i think that piece about like how you were able to experience that anger without it going out towards someone yeah nothing or and no to one. something like it was just experienced in your body and then it was let go of yeah it was the strangest thing like how did you let go of it like what which is it just ended it just it, ended. it just ended like i couldn't ignore it i was so mad like i couldn't do anything yeah you just sat with it no i walked i walked i stomped around okay, my yeah because i was like when i'm angry i need to move yeah no i i was like <laughs> I was like so mad just but at nothing and no one so it was the weirdest thing mm -hmm. I think I was probably just saying like I'm so mad but like it was so confusing too the first time that it happened because I was like this is it was just strange mm -hmm. but then but then the healer who I saw was like yeah it's great <laughs> mm -hmm. and, like it made a lot of sense that you know now things were able to leave my body because what happened the first time that I saw her, I had this feeling in my chest. I had to, oh yeah, this is, I was noticing something in my body, I guess, because mm -hmm. I had this feeling in my chest that was so heavy and constricted, and it was just always there as long as I could remember. Like it was always there on some level, and so I had this feeling, and I related this to being guarded, mm -hmm. and I 
didn't tell her this. I just said, I'm guarded and I want help. That was all that I said. Mm-hmm. And like right away, she was like, you've got like this ball of, it's like you've got this ball of cement right here with like jagged edges pointed towards yourself. Like she just described exactly what I was feeling. Mm-hmm. And I didn't tell her. Mm-hmm. It was wild. And then, um, yeah, and then it was gone. And then she held me and then that was gone. And then after that, I started feeling anger just randomly with nothing and nobody. And then after the second time I saw her, I just started writing poetry, like just, and I stopped getting cluster headaches because I had cluster headaches, Mm -hmm. left eye. And then I started writing poetry and then I never got a cluster headache again. It was a huge change. Yeah. Like huge. Yeah. Yeah. No, it like, and then because that was then released, did you notice you could experience other emotions more? Well, I noticed like now that I anger, I have, I didn't mm-hmm. have anger. I think that I think that was the only one. Mm-hmm. I think that was the only one that I wasn't feeling. Okay, yeah. So you were like connected to an experience of joy, and I would anything. have joy, you know, not as often as yeah. now. Yeah. But after MDMA, because I did MDMA before, I ended up seeing this this healer, and. Yeah. After MDMA again, I definitely was having joy more in my life. But before then, it, I don't know, things were bleak a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like a bleak. I remember you being fairly depressed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was not happy. <laughs> And I remember being a kid and just being so depressed and like that was all I knew. I just like thought that would be forever. Yeah, like just thought that's how life was. Yeah, I I didn't think I would ever be happy. Like, for sure. Yeah. So like I remember just only knowing, for the majority, only knowing being unhappy. Like apparently I was really happy when I was really little. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't remember that. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. And then life kind of changed. It changed, it changed so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you're a lot more well to me than you were when I first met you. Yeah. Like, how was I when I, when we when we met? I just, Scared? you're really stressed. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you, you're still, like, have that kind of... I'm, I'm busy. You're I keep, busy I energy. Busy. Yeah, sometimes I'm just like, what is happening? <laughs> like, it just seems unnecessary. I like to do a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, so I, that, that's you. Um, but you are a lot less stressed about it now. Oh, like it's, yeah. It's not as... I'm having fun with what I'm doing. Yeah, now. it's not intense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> used to be intense. Yeah. It like, used to be like kind of like, you know, making sure you're okay in there. Like, yeah. Cautious. Yeah, I was very cautious. In some ways. And in other, other ways, reckless. Well, I mean, I'm feeling like I was uh, cautious around you. Oh, I see. Because I didn't want to, like, like it seemed like there was a lot pushing it. Like there was a lot. Yeah, that block is. Yeah, I didn't want to trigger a spike that went in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. 
Yeah, it's crazy how, like, much just things can change. Mm-hmm. Like, I never thought, I never would have thought that was, like, I, I just never would have thought feeling happy was possible. Mm-hmm. Or I, I thought it wasn't possible. Mm-hmm. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. That's a really. But it's just not true. Like, well, it's just no, not true. it's like delusional. <laughs> it, it makes no sense. It's like, just because you're when you're stuck in things. That's all. That's all they can you can see. But there's stuff outside of that. Yeah. Even if you can't see it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was one of the things. It was just kind of like, I guess after these experiences, MDMA, DMT, all this, it was like kind of opening up like a voice or like a sense in me that. I could ignore and still can ignore if I want, but it's like that will come to you, like will tell you things, like kind of help you through. But it's like internal. It's the internal, Mm -hmm. like sense of security, I guess, Mm -hmm. in being. That emerged after those kind of transformational experiences. I didn't have that necessarily before. Well, Mm -hmm. no, I think I did, but it wasn't chaotic there's a lot of powerful stuff out there mm-hmm. and people are just so powerful like that is the yeah that is the main thing yeah that's that's the most important part mm-hmm. people can heal each other more than pills that is for sure mm-hmm and they need time to do that. Mm-hmm. And there's no rush. Like. Everyone's in such a rush. You know, it's kind of just like so much crisis management or like these little touch points of support in a yeah. clinic visit. Like it's, there's no time. Yeah. For things to unfurl. Like yeah. for what needs to happen to happen so that humans actually can mm-hmm. really help heal each other. Yeah. The con- the time constraints, the paperwork, the like. There's just so much. Yeah, just that's nonsense like built, built that you have to it. do. Yeah. It limits it. Yeah. It really limits the experience of being able to do the work and connect with people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you need to protect yourself also, just legally and everything. Oh, like, that's I see always what on you're people's saying. minds. Yeah, it's fear. Yeah, it's fear. Which is necessary and an important part of life. Um, it's just not when, when, when it's there's chronic, too much not of when it's it. Chronic. Yeah, when there's too much of it, then it it doesn't do good things. Mm-hmm. Where do we wrap up? Um, I I don't know. We can Um, cut this pause out. Yeah, oh, definitely. (laughs) Um, I guess, like, we could, like, say, do you have a poem? Do you have anything? What about that poem I read earlier today? Is that corny? Is that stupid? We could each share a poem. I want to say our story's poem that I wrote on palliative care. Okay. Yeah. Go I'm just going to, yeah. Gonna, <laughs> okay. So we'll each share a poem to wrap this up. 
This is a poem called Our Stories that I wrote when I was in medical school on palliative care. It just it was like a week after I started writing poetry. It was like my third poem or something that I wrote, I think. Mm. But yeah, it's called Our Stories. The dark of night is needed to love the light of day. Without impermanence, things would forever stay the same. Who would write a book that had a story with no end? The final chapters needed to then begin again. Read another story, experience a new place. Look at the lines and in our minds we then hallucinate. We read another story, we reach another end. Oh, we love our stories, and to begin again. Is our life a story? There is a beginning and an end. In between a plot unfolds, so will life begin again? Impermanence is needed all throughout the globe, for even stoic mountains have a story to be told. For even stoic mountains that pierce the sky and sway across our lovely earth will meet their end one day. Nothing lasts forever, nothing ever should, for there's beauty in the magic, the mystery and the misunderstood. If something lasted forever, it would never end. That would get so boring we might rather just pretend. We are these little people living here on earth with separate eyes and separate lives since the moment of our birth. But what about before then, before we start to breathe? And what about after that, when we all eventually leave? Are we all connected? Do we come from the same place? It is so confusing, the bends of time and space. Where do you think we come from? Where do you think we go? Now I guess this may be something we can never truly know. But if I do go back to where I was before I took my first breath, I will return with lessons learned from my birth to death. And when I do go back there, I wonder if I will stay. Maybe I'll return to Earth for another show, another play. Time may just be a perception, not really moving forward or back. Some think all time exists all the time. This concept is actually fact. Could this concept change things in your day to day? Nonetheless, one thing is certain, the eternal now is here to stay. really like that poem thanks i've heard it before but i feel like i heard it more this time i like it thanks. but I, I can't really follow that up with too much i haven't been writing much but um fine <laughs> uh <clears throat> mine's very short um excited as the stars at the beginning of the world slowly oh so slowly my darkness starts its twirl Escapades down lanes, illumination built, spark to movement through the releasing of guilt. The burying of intentionless rapture and scurry helped me align my truth into my story. I like it. A little intention, I guess. <laughs> yeah! Sets the stage. Cool. Leave it there? Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. We are grateful, honored, and frankly, I'm a little surprised you chose to spend your precious time listening to us. If you want to like, comment, share with your friends, subscribe, that would be super appreciated and it makes a big difference. Just listening is enough, but if you want to further support the growth of this podcast, join our Patreon. Sam and I will have Patreon-only conversations that the members get to help choose the topics for. Also, you can use the message board to share your experiences, connect with other members. And lastly, supporting the Patreon will really help to support the continuation of this podcast. We will be back next week with an expansive conversation with a really interesting guest. See you there.